everybody. On today's show, I caught up with my old friend, Tony D'Afrino. Uh He's a thought leader. He is a podcaster. He is a YouTuber, and his Twitter feed is not to be not to be missed. We get into the subject of loss prevention. Tony has quite a bit of expertise in that as, as he's the CEO and managing director, global retail business unit for, for Prosegur. And we have a lot to say on the subject. It is an area of great concern for a lot of us in retail. Um, there is some technology solutions and there's some challenges. Give, uh, give the show a listen and let us know what you think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of This Week in Innovation. Today, we are going to talk about loss prevention, and I can't think of a better and more knowledgeable person than my old friend, Tony D'Anofano, to talk about LP. Tony, how are you doing today? I am doing excellent. Pleasure to be with you again. It is. So, Tony, why don't you introduce yourself and let everyone know all the, all the expertise you have around LP, all the things you're doing. You're a blogger, you're a podcaster, you're, you're a thought leader. Just introduce yourself and frame the problem that we're going to talk about. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Jeff, for that introduction. But uh, basically, I've been around this industry for a long time, and really, I've been split my time between working in retail at the early of my career and also working in technology and loss prevention. So I've seen all kinds of different aspects over time. Uh, my world today is uh, actually very interesting because I do spend a lot of time online researching and looking at the retail industry from all perspectives, including loss prevention. And I've had, I have become actually a top 100 retail influencer, which has been interesting to see what that means because I keep getting on all these lists. And that's actually fun because it forces me to learn where the industry is going. And that actually led earlier this year to running a global security business for a company called Prosegur, which is a, a roughly a $5 billion company worldwide around security. So I've been going back and forth, love technology, love where technology is going, and really want to shape it as it evolves in loss prevention, especially as I think about all the challenges that loss prevention is facing right now, starting here in the United States. And really the perfect example are the ones that in your part of the world and in, in uh, California, that I've seen in Nordstrom and others in terms of around organized retail crime. And if you're okay with it, I'll go a little bit deeper into that. No, I think I think that's really important because I'm not sure people understand. I, I think when, you know, living here in Silicon Valley, we've everyone knows there's an escalation and then there's a debate about what it is. But I think there's certainly the car break-ins, which I don't think is necessarily organized. And then you're and then the Nordstrom deal is a whole different universe. So I would love for you to really unpack what that means so people really understand what we're talking about when we're talking about some of this, these assaults or whatever you want to phrase it, the looting of these stores. Yeah, so let me go first into a definition of the problem. The problem really has been around for a while. It's just that we're getting to some escalation points where they're elevating it to where everybody's saying, hey, we need to do something about this. So organized retail crime has been an issue that retailers have been worrying for a while. So for example, in the last loss prevention NRF survey, on security that was published last fall, 69% of retailers said their organized retail crime was up in the previous year. And they cited policing, sentencing guideline changes, online marketplaces, and then just in general, the greater organization. But more alarming what's happened is the, these events are actually getting a lot more violent. And some of that was reflected really in what you saw in California. So in that same survey, 65% of respondents noted that there was an increase in violence and 
percent said or organized retail uh, crime gangs are actually even getting even more aggressive. So this aggressiveness in terms of crime, that's been a trend that's been ongoing and retailers have been trying to fight it different ways. You have seen some escalation based on what's happened in California. To me, California was a tipping point. You can see it in terms of the reawakening, in terms of what governments are saying, in terms of stepping in, start, starting into what I've seen directly in California, in terms of what the mayors and the local and even the governors are saying in terms of we need to attack this problem and do a better job with this problem. But really, we're at a, we're at, to me, at a tipping point where we're going to see some interesting evolution out of this. But it's been a problem that retailers have had in the back of their mind for a while. What, the way I see it, living out here, the attack on the Nordstrom uh, store in Walnut Creek was probably either the high watermark or the low watermark. I mean, whatever you want to say. But to me, it feels like everyone here, not, not us in the business, but just people I'm around has said, wow, this is, a, this is actually a major problem and we need to do something. That feels like the tipping point. I, do you, do you, and then all the viral videos too. There's, we've been just overwhelmed with viral videos of what's happening in the city. Is that your tipping point you're referring to? I think that is a tipping point because it's really elevating the fact that this has been going on for a while. I, I think we got here for a, a bunch of reasons. I, I think we're, we're, I, technology has been a, really a, one of the reasons we got to this point. It's gotten easier to actually do what happened in California. So to me, there's a congruence of factors that have come together to really create this a better, if you can say it, a better organized retail crime framework, which is scary. So the online marketplaces, the fact that these folks can steal all that stuff and then really have a ready marketplace online that will sell it all and get decent prices or make a and since they're not paying anything for it, really make a lot of money selling it in online marketplaces. The smartphone itself, both in terms of communications and also the ability to, again, make that product available in online marketplaces almost as soon as you walk out of the store after you're stolen. Social media, so you can communicate and coordinate. That's another factor. And in my view, and that's actually one of the areas in this new role that I've taken on, as the CEO of a security company, I don't think there's been enough innovation on the security side to un- come back. To. So that's a factor. And then the final factor, really, the government has now stepped up. Online marketplaces is not a local problem. Yes, the problems that happen locally, but online, online marketplaces cross state borders. And so you need better coordination at the federal level. And I know there's some retailers that I've sent a letter to Congress just in the past week, 20 plus retailer that said, hey, Congress, wake up, we need your help. And that included everybody from uh, Walgreens, Target, CVS, they're all screaming for help because it's really cross state is the problem and we're still trying to solve it all local. And then the final challenge that I've seen is that retail is not closely connected with law enforcement. Really, that relationship is still developing. For a long time, police got tired of responding to shoplifting because there was so much of it. And that hence you end up with the laws that you saw in, in California were under $950. Thank you. We will just give you a misdemeanor. And that led to store closures and so on. So the law enforcement to retailer linkage is not as strong as it should be. So those are some of the factors. So it's a whole bunch of factors coming together 
reflected into ultimately what happened in California, which to me is a tipping point. I live here in the Valley, Silicon Valley, so I agree with everything you've said. Is this, but this is a problem across cities across the country. We're probably the, the you know, the most visible, but it's not just California. It's in New York, I assume, or, or tell me yeah. how. Yeah. And it's not because I speak to a lot of security individuals on the reach side. They're all facing it. A lot of them don't talk about it because ultimately you also tell them uh, what the, how you're actually catching them and what you're doing beside the scenes. I will tell you that there is some good attempts at attacking this from a technology point of view, and we can go into some of oh, that. I'd love to. With some, yeah, without, love to. The, without divulging the methods of that <laughs> So this podcast, how to steal. So we're like the we're I, I'm, we're like the magician here. We want to admire the art of the magician, but we don't want to know the the secrets. But how? I guess two questions. One: What do we as consumers? Because every consumer is one clearly been impacted by this from a physical safety perspective, but then also just the cost. Everything that's stolen is just adds to to all of our costs. So what should we as consumers do? How do we support you in loss prevention in our retailers? I, clearly, it's a political issue. I think, I don't know if you've seen uh, what Mayor Breed had said this week, but she literally said a very strong message that you know, her city, and I care about that city because my two kids live there, is being radically impacted. Speaker Pelosi has come in and talked about exactly what you're talking about. So now we're literally at the highest levels. I don't know if it's in the White House yet, but it's if the Speaker of the House is talking about it, um, and identifying these gangs, then or, or whatever you want to call them, you've got yeah. that. You've got that. You've got that awareness now. What I do we do? Consumers need to be more aware in terms of what's going on. I think these tipping points that we're talking about here do to get the consumers more concerned. Ultimately, retailers have to project that their stores are safe to walk in because if they if that projection goes away, then you got all kinds of other issues, including ending up where you did in California, where it's not worth even keeping the store open because I got more ceiling than actually selling going on. So there's a combination of factors between consumers and retailers. My gut tells me we'll get better. I don't think you can rely on the government because, unfortunately, laws do not come fast enough to address the problem. By the time those laws come, we've moved on. And you can see that in terms of what's happened with all the social media world and how Congress is struggling to keep up even with that level of laws. So I think it's going to be a combination of factors that attack this problem. I do think there are some good technologies that are coming out to address this. I can tell you, for example, GPS is, is playing a much bigger role inside stores that allow retailers to protect products and then let the professionals handle the problem as it leaves the store using GPS. And the again, Tony would be a lot with the professionals would be law enforcement or store asset protection people. Be law enforcement. Yeah, the yeah. Professional be law enforcement. I don't want to go into details how it's actually done, but I can tell you GPS is coming along as a very good technology where basically the once the asset leaves a geofence, we have Google Maps taking care of go. the problem. And that is actually emerging as a very strong solution in multiple sectors. And I can tell you some very large retailers have invested in those technology to address it. Also, RFID has actually stepped up as a solution. There was a, recently an article, and I can talk about this one because it was public. Little Lemon, for example, recovered $18,000 worth of goods uh, that were stolen in their stores through RFID because that technology is becoming better 
in terms of tracking as it leaves stores. Uh, and I can tell you there are some retailers, again, without going into a lot of the details, which is a challenge because then I'm teaching. No, we don't. We, do want, we don't want to teach the bad guys. That's correct. So, but I can tell you there's all kinds of combination of technologies with RFID that have come together where I can identify much better who those individuals are and prevent them basically from doing that. And those technologies are deployed in multiple retailers in the United States. Some of it is controversial. So again, we need to clear up some of that technology because it is tracking technologies. And I do think that also has to be addressed. And then finally, EAS, which really was a stalwart in the beginning to do the beep at the door, that really hasn't evolved enough. That's where I've been spending my time in the last year because I think EAS has not kept up with organized retail crime and helping in the organized retail crime fight. There are some new solutions that we're actually getting ready to, to finalize patents on, specifically targeting this organized retail crime to create these benefit denial or the thieves. So when they, they do take this stock file, really that tagging system does a lot more than just beep. And you'll see a lot more in that space. So I do think technology can help. There is even some technology, for example, on smartphones that allow retailers to coordinate communications better. So if it's happening in this store, they can alert immediately all the other stores and so they can be better prepared for the problem. So technology is going to play a role, but it's not the final end-all, I do think you will need more legislation. I also think the police departments have to step up more to the problem. The, some of the political challenges in the last year, in terms of not policing, those we have to get over with because they are part of the solution that we have to have in the mix. And as part of that, I do think we need greater in the cooperation between retailers and police departments and coordination which that's lacking in my view today. I've been in a lot of security loss prevention meetings where these folks have complained that the police departments are not responding. We have events. I do think they got to get better at packaging the crime to let the police address it quicker. In other words, they got to do part of the work versus throwing all of it over the wall to the police department because they're swamped with everything else that they got to do. There was a, a very famous video of a shoplifter with a garbage bag going, I think, I won't say which retailer it was, but um, literally just full, filling a garbage bag full of stuff with a loss prevention person literally watching them. And the person walked out of the door and that particular loss prevention person got a lot of blowback on social media. I'm thinking that that he was told not to do anything. In other words, not to engage or physically engage with the person that walked in to the San Francisco, I, I think it was a drugstore, literally just with a garbage sack, just filling. So this probably wasn't a professional, or I don't know if it wasn't, but it looked like it was just somebody filling up and walking out. How hamstrung, well, I don't know if you want to get into this or not, how hamstrung is loss prevention in dealing with, with these these people? And if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. I, as, as soon as I asked the question, I thought maybe I shouldn't. There is, and again, I don't want to get in too deep, too deep into this because I'm, I'm explaining. Tony, don't do that. Yeah, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have asked that question. I know let that. me say this because I think it's important. There is a factor that's happened because of everything else that's around us with the pandemic and masks and confrontation and the escalation of violence. To be frank, retail stores have become more violent. In fact, in 20. 
20, I think, and towards the last survey, there were like 520 plus, 500 plus people. I think it was 528 or something people killed in retail stores and, and the majority between inside stores and in parking lots. And a good chunk of those were either employees and customers. So there is this fine line in terms of what do you do to not escalate violence? Because if you approach an incident and it leads to violence, then things really can get out of control. And, and so most retailers do have very clear laws that they give their employees or guidelines in terms of when to approach and not approach. And that's becoming even more critical because of all these confrontations that are going on. So they're relying on technology to do the after-the-fact investigation. I think the incident you're mentioning, that is really because of that $950. That individual, I'm sure, stayed below the $950 threshold. So he knew that he did not have a major crime on his hands and therefore he was doing what he was doing. And that's why, to me, the solution is a combination of factors. There is no one factors. But the escalation of violence has been a major problem in retail. It's been brewing for a while. The pandemic, unfortunately, has accelerated because of all the competition with masks, no masks, and what happens after that. Yeah, so you are you have a pressurized environment to begin with. Little, and by the way, you have all, everyone walking in with a mask, which has to just, as a loss prevention professional, must drive you. I get why, I don't know if I get why we're doing it, but we are doing it. And so if you're a loss prevention professional, literally everyone is masked, which makes your job, I don't know, twice as difficult, whatever. How do you identify people on masks? And the, and the bad guys know that. No, I agree with you. But I do think, again, technology is getting better at identifying yeah. people behind masks. Some of that, it is controversial. I can tell you facial recognition would help in this scenario, but there's not enough good boundaries around facial recognition, again, from a government point of view. So that is very controversial. But in that scenario, and I know facial recognition is being played about in retail or tested in retail in different factors, but until we get better boundaries that even Microsoft is screaming about, give us better boundaries in terms of how we actually can deploy these technologies. And you saw also Facebook backing out of using facial recognition and their solutions. I do think that there's things we got to do going forward to get to a balance. We don't want to get too much to an extreme in terms of being negative to address the solution, but we also don't want to get to the other extreme where we make it so easy where it's not safe, you're really putting my safety at risk for me to go shopping because then again, we got a whole new different world that we got to deal with. So we got to get to the right balance and the pandemic has accelerated to be the negative side. Really, and we got to get to a better balance in terms of where this goes next. And I do believe that's a combination of technologies and really greater cooperation with law enforcement. So this retailer to law enforcement dynamic has to improve. And I have worked with some companies that do this exceptionally well, exceptionally well. In the GPS world, for example, they, the, the companies that I've been working with, for example, they have 8,000, they work with 8,000 police departments. So when you go on Google Maps, the police is there with you. And they're actually participating in that recovery in terms of going to pick up the individual. So I do think that possibility is there, but there's more work to be done. What's the definition of a violent encounter in one of these smash and grabs? If somebody runs into the store, smashes up uh, a display case and runs out without making contact with anybody, is that considered violent? 
in my world, yes. Now, I'm not a lawyer, so I cannot give you the legal definition of my world, yes, because you're threatening potentially that you're going to turn that same device onto an individual and cause violence. So in my world, I would definitely go there. That's a possibility. What's interesting to me is some of the other thefts that are going on. For example, there was Home Depot that was hit, and they were stealing the exact goods that they need to go do the more of these yeah, that was solution. So we got some work to do because the world is at a place where there's a marketplace for what they're stealing and that there's better tools to actually coordinate to get it done en masse. And then police is not keeping up for all the other challenges. So we got, and technology to my view is not coming fast enough. So we got a lot of work to do starting in 2022 if we're going to get ahead of this. What does 2020, what does 2022 look like then from your perspective? From my perspective, you're going to see these things appear here and there, uh, just like you saw uh, in California. It's not just a California problem. It's a national problem, partly because, again, it's so easy to do, to coordinate because of that congruence of factors that I mentioned earlier. I do think we'll step up some of the technology factors. Unfortunately, I don't see Congress stepping up because uh, I know multiple of, including NRF, Relaw, everybody's going have been and going after Congress to do something to get better on these cross state laws. So I don't see Congress stepping up anytime soon, just based on everything else that they're trying to do, or just in general, that they have not made this a major priority, even though I saw the comments that were made by uh, Speaker Pelosi in terms of uh, addressing some of the problems in California. So I don't think you can rely on the government. I think retailers will s step up. And in fact, in that same uh, survey for the National Retail Federation, what the National Retail Federation said in that survey is that 50% of um, they're allocating 50% more on technology. So there's going to be more investment on technology. And by the way, more investment also on people. So there's more investment also going into putting the right people. I'm also seeing uh, retailers doing a lot more training, a lot more, a lot more in terms of de-escalating violence, a lot more training in terms of uh, how, you, how you approach if you want to approach. Uh, so there's a lot more intensive work going on. But in 2022, this problem doesn't go away. I do think we got more work to do. I'm pleased with the progress that technology's made. I am not pleased with the progress that's been made in terms of the legal framework. And I do think we need, a, we need to do a lot more in terms of the police to retailer engagement to make that better. That's not a super rosy picture you're painting there. I, I, I definitely agree the IT investment. I can clearly see that. I'm not, I'm not in the depths of the loss prevention all the way you are, but we can certainly see the investments around a lot of pieces of retail tech. I can say from a, a, a consumer perspective, it couldn't be at a higher the concern couldn't be at a higher level. Politically, yeah, it's not a presidential year, but uh, there's a lot of noise about what the Congress is going to look like in this next season. So maybe it becomes a bigger issue. It's certainly, and I'll be up in, uh, I'm, I'm going to be up in San Francisco today uh, visiting the kids, and then I'm going to walk through Union Square. And so I'm going to see firsthand, and I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm going to like what I'm going to see. That should be the busiest time of the year up there. And my guess is it's not. And it's not just because of the pandemic. So it couldn't, I, Maybe San Francisco leads us out of all this craziness because the mayor has realized what this has had on her on her on her sales tax revenue, on her convention revenue. I don't you're know. right. Not a rosy picture, yeah, but I, guess, I right. do think we're getting the fact that it's getting as organized, which is what you saw in California and in some of those retailers in terms of 
80 people or something showing up in one store, all organized, coordinated with getaway cars already. It's going to elevate and escalate in 22 in terms of what do we do different? And I know, because I'm involved in some of them, there are touching with retailers in terms of how we leverage uh, some of these technologies to actually get better uh, from everything to protecting the entrance to what we do differently inside the store to some of the new tracking mechanism to actually creating some benefit denial in terms of those some of those solutions once with some of those products once they leave the store. So I do think 2022 will be a year where we'll make progress in terms of addressing this from a solution point of view. What's very interesting to me, and you're in that world there in Silicon Valley, is that I'm seeing a lot more startup focus in terms of loss prevention in investments. I, I actually, for example, there's a company that used to be a startup that now is doing excellent work around artificial intelligence with self-checkout, deployed in thousands of stores already in the United States. And that was a startup. Didn't start in Silicon Valley, it started in Ireland, but that technology actually is being heavily deployed. So expect that next year, you're gonna see a lot more machine learning, artificial intelligence applications detecting. I work, I'm on the board of the Loss Prevention Research Council. We talk about zones of influence. There are five zones of influence in terms of how we influence and deter crime. The fifth one being the general community at large, all the way to the entrance, to the, to the aisle, to the product. You go down there, basically to the product itself in those zones. I do think we got to work in all those zones in terms of attacking the problem. So I'm pleased that Silicon Valley has woken up. That's loss prevention is a big opportunity. And I do think artificial intelligence machine learning can help in terms of uh, attacking this problem, in terms of providing better metrics, including looking, for example, for triggers on social media and others where something may potentially be going down and actually preventing the problem before it even happens. I, I can tell you as an analyst that's covered retail IT spend for what, longer than I want to admit, um, I never, ever spent 10 seconds thinking about loss prevention for the first 20 years of my career. And now it's all over. You know, granted, I'm focusing in the startup world, but I can find plenty of IT spend. And the spend around AI holistically is off the charts. And I, I can absolutely validate the point that there is spend now, IT spend targeted at loss prevention. So you're going to have tools in the next couple of years like you couldn't even imagine five, six years ago. And that's probably that's probably a very good thing. Yeah, I agree. And and uh, I think some of those are, are exactly going to value it. So, you know, RFID is actually a technology that is challenging loss prevention, but put some other tools around it, like artificial intelligence, machine learning, analytics, they got big data. That thing becomes very powerful. Same thing with GPS, same thing with some of the new tagging technology. So I think it's a combination of factors and the ability to basically control those factors from a central point and actually detect. I can tell you retailers are investing a lot into the security operation centers where they can monitor stores remotely and do some interesting things remotely that are only going to get better as we can forward. So again, kind of technology, I think it's going to move faster than the governments can keep up. And that will be interesting to watch. I think the big thing we got to focus on in 22 is the technology and also these police to retailer you know, really relationships and how do we make them better so the police does respond when they're called. 
Wow. Well, that's probably a pretty good place to to cut it off. It sounds like I will need to spend a lot more time on the loss prevention beat of the startup world, and I look forward to it. And hopefully, you can be my guide, Tony. I appreciate no, it. No, I'm looking forward to it. Just again, let's not divulge those methods. <laughs> that's up to we you. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting better as I ask a question. I think ah, I probably shouldn't ask that one. So it, it, uh, yeah, I think we all want you to be very successful. So if if any of us on the analyst world push too far, just uh, slap our hands. We're, we're used to that. Tony, we, thank. Thanks. Thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it. Yeah, pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. For more info, refer to the pod notes below. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving us a five-star rating and review. It really helps us grow. I'm your host, Jeff Roster, analyst at large. If you want to connect, follow us on Twitter at JeffPR or at Brian Sathanation or connect with us on LinkedIn. Visit my website at roster.retail.com or brians at iterate.ai. Until next time, stay safe and have a great week.